0: Hello, welcome to the Episcopal Student Fellowship at Wake Forest University Sermon Podcast. This sermon is a recap of a sermon from two weeks ago from our first Sunday back at Worship in Davis Chapel. Again, um, I recorded during chapel, but the recording didn't turn out so well, so I'm doing a little recap here so that we can... Um, listen and dive into the scripture again. And my name is Reverend James Franklin, and I'm the campus minister here at Wake Forest University and in Winston-Salem. It's a pleasure to be here um, and to offer some words, uh, some thoughts on um, a reading on Mark 7, um, Mark 7, 1 through 23. So let's dive in. When the Pharisees and some of the scribes who had come from Jerusalem gathered around him, they noticed that some of his disciples were eating with defiled hands, that is, without washing them. For the Pharisees and all the Jews do not eat unless they thoroughly wash their hands, thus observing the tradition of the elders, and they do not eat anything from the market unless they wash it. And there are also many other traditions that they observe, the washing of cups, pots, and bronze kettles. So the Pharisees and the scribes asked him, Why do your disciples not live according to the the tradition of the elders, but eat with defiled hands? He said to them, Isaiah prophesied rightly about you hypocrites, as it is written, This people honors me with their lips, but their hearts are far from me. In vain do they worship me, teaching human precepts as doctrines. You abandon the commandment of God and hold to human tradition. Then he called the crowd again, and said to them, Listen to me, all of you, and understand. There is nothing outside a person that by going in can defile, but the things that come out are what defile. For it is written from the human heart that evil intentions come. Fornication, theft, murder, adultery, avarice, wickedness, deceit, licentiousness, envy, Slander, pride, folly. All these evil things come from within, and they defile a person. This is the gospel of our Lord. Well, nothing says welcome back to worship, welcome back to college, like Mark 7, where, where Jesus, we just heard, say, fornication theft murder adultery avarice wickedness deceit licentiousness envy slander pride and folly are the byproducts of something more serious i mean honestly when was the last time you heard the word licentiousness one of our uh one of our students chris was reading this and did a great job and kind of got like taken aback by the word licentiousness. It's not something that you that you use in everyday conversation. In fact, um me having a limited vocabulary. Uh <laughs> I didn't do too great on my SATs uh on the on the verbal side. Um but I had to look up licentiousness. And apparently it just means like drunken debauchery. So, yeah. Nothing, nothing says welcome back like you know a good old uh, sermon about licentiousness. Needless to say, we might need to unpack this passage a little bit, and this also comes with a quick disclaimer that what you won't hear from me is judgment or some kind of moralistic sermon about right and wrong. You're all young adults. And you are capable of making decisions in college. And you know what? You may make a few bad ones. But the key is and the point is that we learn from them. And what you will hear is this. So a little bit of a spoiler alert that we understand all, the, all of these things. We understand our brokenness and our sin through the eyes of belovedness. That is God's love for us. And we understand it through that belovedness first, not the other way around. And that's really important. But back to Mark 7. Jesus says, Listen to me, all of you, and understand there is nothing outside a person that by going in can defile, but the things that come out are what defile. A couple of weeks ago, um, I was giving my daughter Grace a bath, and um, I was. She had we had already soaped her up. She was just playing, splashing around in the water, and I was looking down at my phone for a second because it buzzed, and I heard a tiny little voice say, "Poop." That's right, and I didn't really think of anything about it, um, and. Um, I, I I may have even said, Grace, so do you we'll get you out in a second and you can go poop. And uh, a couple seconds later I heard the heard her say again, poop. And guess what? I looked up and it was like a scene from Caddyshack the movie. Um if you don't get this reference, then you should go look it up or go watch the movie. It's um it's a comedy classic. But there's a scene uh, where something ends up floating in the pool. But don't worry, it was just a baby Ruth. But I wasn't so lucky. Um, This was not a baby Ruth that was floating uh, in our tub. And so I had to whisk Grace out, um, drain the tub, clean everything up, put her back in the bath, clean her back up again. Start the whole process of, (laughs) why am I telling you all this? Why am I telling you about my daughter and poo? Well, I think Jesus opened the door, and so I'm just walking through it. Jesus really tells the first biblical poo joke. He says, listen to me, all of you, and understand there's nothing outside a person that by going in can defile, but the things that come out are what defile And that word for the things that come out in Greek, it's actually, it means to, like, proceed from the body, uh, as in, like, excrement. Um, So, Jesus really did tell the first biblical poo joke. And he's talking to this group of folks um, called the Pharisees who were following Old Testament law and doing what Moses had told them. And um, it's easy to come down on them sometimes, um, but really I think the, the larger narrative here is that he's telling people that they've forgotten who they are, that they, are, they have forgotten that they are God's people, and they've been, they didn't know what to do, and so they're just kind of locked into following some uh, moralistic legal system. They've forgotten what it means to be made in God's image and what it means to be a holy people called to bless the world. Um, God sent a lot of directions and laws and and people um, to guide them back onto the path. And some responded in faith, um, but, but some responded just by following laws with hard hearts. And so... A lot of times Jesus is addressing those issues uh, when he speaks and when he speaks to crowds. And so God is um, in the form of Jesus saying, and he's, he's here with them, finally, and he is guiding them. God in person is saying, I'm here, now listen to me. There's nothing that is dirty that you are eating. Which, you know, Jesus, that's actually not quite true. I think there are things, you know, that that are dirty that you eat that might make you <laughs> sick. Um, but his point here is you don't need to follow those those rules, those laws, like for instance, about eating pork. That pigs were considered um unclean animals, and so um folks in that time did not eat did not eat uh pork. Um but he's saying, you know, bacon ain't bad. Bacon's actually good. Um, He might also be referring to uh, uh, other customs around washing, around dirt, around dead things even, around sick people, that they're not bad. Jesus came to be in this crap with us, and Jesus came to heal the sick. And if, if he's following laws about not being around people who are unclean, he wouldn't be able to do what he came to do, which is heal. And Jesus is also saying that um, that there are deeper issues here. There are heart issues. There are spiritual issues of what's going on. Because it's not what's going in that's bad, but what comes out. So something is happening inside us. Um, and what is coming out is Poo. I don't think that Jesus is saying that your heart is bad or that you are not good. I think that he is recalling our minds um, and he's recalling to the listeners to think about and know that there's an original design here and that God created us to be very good and that our hearts are actually created good. But that brokenness exists. So, that is the design. And he's saying that, you know, when what comes out of us is something like binge drinking away our stress, it has less to do with alcohol itself. In fact, alcohol by itself is not bad. It's not inherently bad. I enjoy uh, a good uh, IPA beer every now and then, Um, and in my opinion, beer is created good, very good. Um, But if what's coming out is something else, then this is a chance to address a deeper heart issue, possibly of misplaced desire. If what's proceeding is pushing pushing everyone away from me, and driving me further into isolation and loneliness, it's less about other people and more about my own insecurities and hard-heartedness. If what's proceeding is a bunch of sexual conquests, it's less to do with sex, which, again, by itself, is a good thing and is not inherently a bad thing. And it has more to do with unhealthy participation in the objectification of another person or a desire for intimacy, or shame in our own body image. And the same could be said for a lot of things. Even of my own preoccupation with um, Instagram. It's not necessarily a bad thing. It's not inherently a bad thing. But it can be unhealthy, and there is a lot of body shaming. There is a lot of internal and external stress um, that is caused um, through those visual images that we take in. But despite it all, you're still very good. Uh, It says in Lamentations that God's mercies are new each morning. Elsewhere, it also says God is slow to anger, abounding in steadfast love. And God always stands ready to receive us back. So being created good isn't denying sin um, and evil because we've also we've just seen that what still comes out sometimes are a little off the mark that they just fall short that they miss the mark. And sometimes they're a little less good. In Judaism, sin isn't a condition, but it's something that you do. And I love this definition, because a lot of times in Christianity, we get told that sin is, is an inherent condition and part of us, um, and not actions and stuff that we do. I think that's really important, because it's pretty hard to believe that we're created good, And then think about if sin is a condition, then we're kind of created with evil too. But in Judaism, we're created good, very good, as it says in the beginning of Genesis, as God creates all that is and then steps back and looks at all that God had created and said, this is very good, including you and me and everyone we know. And so then sin is something that we do. It's choices that we make. And it actually could be best described as ego or anything other than the will of God or anything that tries to distort our relationship with God, with Jesus, and from that crucial understanding of our own identity as beloved creatures of God. Jesus says, it's not what you put in, but what comes out. So it's the product of deeper heart issues. That denying that truth of belovedness in ourselves or in another will come out as poo. So college, it might come with some poor decision making. And sometimes we're going to find ourselves in a poopy tub. But thanks be to God, you and I and everyone we know are beloved, and we're made beloved by a God who took on flesh without ego, who drains the tub, is with us in our shit, and cleans us up, and does for us what we cannot do for ourselves. This is an incredible gift and so we get to treasure it and we get to respond to it in kind by following Jesus in the way of love and if we believe it then maybe we'll begin to love ourselves a little better maybe we'll begin to improve our own body image and then we'll learn to respect someone else's this time in this place is an opportunity to know ourselves in college more deeply than we've ever known. Because at the very center of this existence and this experience is a God who says, You are my beloved, you belong to me. Let's think about that this week. Let's think about that as we go about our day, that this is an opportunity to not only grow as a learner or as someone uh, professionally, uh, someone being shaped uh, by our academic institutions. But this is an opportunity to grow as a human being, created good in the image of a loving God. And then, if we can claim that for ourselves, then we can go out and proclaim it. And we can be an Episcopal people who Know this as our identity, that we are loved. And then we can take that out on the streets. And we can show that in visible ways, in very tangible ways to folks around us. Whether that's just in conversation or in social action, in justice for others, um, in standing up for injustice for those who can't stand up for themselves. So let's claim it. Let's claim our belovedness and then let's go proclaim it. And perhaps it will bring about healing like Jesus healed. And perhaps it will bring about reconciliation to Wake Forest, to Winston-Salem, to wherever you are that you are listening from, to your communities, and maybe even to our own broken relationships with ourselves and with another person. And finally, it'll help reveal God's kingdom here and now. Thanks a lot for listening. I hope you have a blessed week.